Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. To hear this live and before subscribers do, join us in Rockport, Maine on Sunday mornings at 10 for worship and before that at 845 for prayer service. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. It's great to see everybody here today. Listen, I don't know about you, but the older I get, I think the more I appreciate this time of the year. And the main reason is this, because I personally believe that the Christmas season brings out the best in all of us. If I can maybe even say it another way, that it maybe uh, brings out the heart of God in all of us. And, you know, when I sit back and I think about it, I don't think there's another time of the year that we take more time and we make more of an effort to cherish those that we love more than in the month of December. Isn't that true? So kind of in light of today's, uh, you know, kind of the season, uh, I just want to share a few things with you today, just simply from my heart. So we're going to pray one more time, and then we're going to dive in. Amen? So, Father, we thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for every person that's here today. God, every person that's in the house. Lord, they're not here by accident, but Lord... um, Lord, they're here because you desire to minister to them and you desire to say something to them. And so, Lord, just collectively as a group at this moment, God, and as individuals, God, we choose just to center our hearts and focus on you. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to speak to us today. We give you permission to open our ears and open our eyes and open up our heart to receive from heaven. Lord, we don't want today just to be another uh, you know, Christmas service where we check the box and we move on. Uh, Lord, we want to be a day where we actually have the opportunity to experience you. And so, Jesus, we just thank you that you said in your word where two or three are gathered in your name, you're in the midst. And so, Lord, we just recognize and acknowledge your presence. Holy Spirit, we give you full permission to do what you want to do in our hearts, in our lives today. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for coming and doing what you do best. And it's changed lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, the Christmas story that we, we all love and cherish, it really began with a priest named Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth. Uh, you know, the Bible describes this, uh, this couple as a righteous couple who is faithful to follow God in all of his ways. And the Bible also tells us that uh, they were an elderly couple who had no children. And the reason they didn't have any children is because Elizabeth couldn't get pregnant. Um, But we know when we read the Bible that everything changed one day when the angel Gabriel appeared to Zechariah while he was serving in the temple. And basically the the angel told Zechariah that he simply had a message from God and the message was really simple. He said, Zechariah, your wife is going to get pregnant. It's going to be a boy, so make sure you pick out blue onesies. And then he said, uh, you know, name him John and oh yeah, by the way, uh, you know, your son's not going to be ordinary. He's actually going to prepare the way of the coming Messiah. And, you know, sure enough, shortly after, you know, exactly as the angel said, a miracle happened and the elderly couple conceived a child. And, uh, you know, most of us in this room know that that child was John the Baptist. Um, You know, but if we could fast forward in the story, you know, six months into Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel showed up again. This time it was on the doorstep of a young virgin named Mary. And, you know, once again, you know, let me maybe throw this out there at you. Mary uh, was actually just not some random person, but she was actually the younger cousin of Elizabeth. And Gabriel sat there and he told this 13, 14, 15-year-old girl at the max that the Holy Spirit was going to come and overshadow her and she was going to conceive a child. Now, we know that that child was who? It was Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. 
Now, here's the whole reason I'm saying that. I'm trying to save us some time. We're coming down 44 verses. Basically, a, a few days after this angelic visitation that Mary had, she decided to leave her hometown, and she decided to go see her older cousin, Elizabeth. And the Bible says that when she arrived at Elizabeth's house, she basically called out a greeting to Elizabeth, and when she did, something amazing happened. And uh, that's what I want to see. In fact, I want to see how Elizabeth described this amazing moment. Here's kind of a key verse for today. It says, Luke chapter 1, verse 44. It says, this is Elizabeth talking. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, Mary, as soon as you called out my name, the baby, little Johnny, that was in my womb, leaped for joy. Isn't that crazy? In my womb, leaped for joy. Can somebody say joy today? Now, here's one of the simple thoughts I have this morning. Is this, is have you ever thought about how outside of Mary and outside of Joseph, that the first response to Jesus was one of joy? You know, I don't think that, you know, that should really surprise us. We know that the Bible tells us that Jesus is God in the flesh. And, you know, so we know that uh, basically this from Psalm 1611. It simply says this verse. It says that in his presence, there's fullness of joy. That in his presence, there's an abundance of joy. Can somebody say joy? Joy. So in my opinion, when Jesus came, guess what? I don't think that they, that, that they could have responded in any other way than with emotion of joy. In fact, I believe that they responded in joy is because they had an encounter with the one who was the promise of joy. So with all that in mind, that's great if it was 2,000 years ago, but if that message doesn't apply to us today, it's really no good. So, so today I want to look at that here's, here's Jesus. We know that obviously we're here to celebrate his birth. We know it's a landmark in, you know, in salvation story. But, but how does him bring in joy? How does it impact us today? So basically, what's the purpose of this? I want to draw our attention to two verses. Paul wrote this in Romans 14. He says, For the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So it moves beyond the, the Christmas story that we all love once again, and it moves to today in our lives. And the Bible even says this about that kingdom. It says this in Colossians 1.13. It says, For God has rescued us, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. So let me ask you today, when Jesus came, did he not bring that kingdom that was marked by righteousness, peace, and joy with him? Yes, he did. When Jesus came, he brought the, basically the fullness of that kingdom was in him. That kingdom was manifested in the earth. And it wasn't just manifested for 33 years. It has continued to reveal itself and it's continued to move forward. And how does it do that? Through us. Amen. So, so just a thought here is when we realized that when we were born again, we entered into that kingdom or that family of God, right? And if, if it's true that an attribute of that kingdom is joy, if all that's the case, then, then just a thought for you here, then shouldn't, shouldn't Christians be some of the most joyful people on the planet? That, that literally, shouldn't we be some of the righteous people on the planet? Shouldn't we be some of the most people that are at the, the most peace than anybody on the planet? The answer is absolutely yes. But today, when we're, when we're sitting here and we're looking at joy, um, 
you know, I'll just say it like this. Wave your hand at me if you know that's not always the case. We're not always the most joyful people on the planet. And, and the truth is, is this, is, is you are not always joyful and neither am I. And, and so today what I want to do is I want to I just unpack, if you will, why that's the case. Why are we not the most joyful people in the world? Why, why do we not experience joy uh, the joy that Jesus, you know, promised us, the joy that he came to deliver to us. And, and I think, you know, one of the main reasons is simply this, is because, please don't miss this, is because more often than not, you and I, we confuse happiness for joy. It's so simple, but we confuse happiness for joy. I think you'll be able to relate to some of this, but, but, but I think it's, it's simply this. It's, it's, you know, obviously when we're looking at happiness, is happiness a bad thing? No, it's not a sinful thing. It, it's okay to be happy, right? But, but I, think, I think where it gets dangerous is this, is if we base our life off of happiness rather than joy, then our lives will be an unhealthy roller coaster ride. And so what I want to do for a second is I just want to maybe dissect and look at the difference between happiness and joy. And once again, I think you'll be able to relate, but... Happiness depends on this. It depends on what is happening to me and around me. That, that literally that happiness is dependent on happenstance or maybe my circumstance. And, you know, another way to say that is this, is that it's determined by external factors, by the external factors in my life. And so this, that, you know, I'm happy, you know what, when I have a good job, when I have a nice house, when I have nice things, I'm financially secure, you know, uh, basically good friends bring me happiness. Man, I ate a good meal last night and it made me happy, right, that we succeeded at work today. We finished the project. Man, we closed the deal. You know, maybe if you're a kid in here, you got a new toy and that made you happy. Or, or maybe, you, you know, you're a teenager in here and you passed the test you've been studying for. Or maybe you scored the goal, however you want to word it. But, but someone, you know, basically we're older and someone recognizes all of our hard work. Maybe they compliment us. You know, the Red Sox win the World Series. Brady throws another touchdown pass. Uh, you, you know, whatever. We've been praying and, we, and we, we finally meet Prince Charming. Or we've been praying and we finally meet the women, woman of our dreams. Not the women of our dreams, but the woman of our dreams. <laughs> we're definitely not that religion. So, <laughs> just one. Sorry. So, or, or maybe you wake up Christmas morning and, and man, you, you got the gift that you've been really, really, you know, waiting for. So basically all of those things, guess what? That they make you happy, right? In other words, it's this, is that we are happy when good things happen to fall our way. So the question I have is this, what happens when it doesn't? What happens when it doesn't fall our way? You know, you know what happens when uh, someone says something nasty to us or, or someone, you know, gets offended by something we did or maybe somebody, you know, pulls out and cuts us off in, in traffic, whatever. Uh, you know, maybe an unexpected bill shows up or, or, or maybe we get a flat tire, the washing machine breaks or, or what happens when our team doesn't win or everything does, you know, seems to be going wrong at work, or we're behind schedule at work, man, we just can't catch up, or, or what happens when nobody notices our hard work, or what happens when a, you know, a meaningful relationship that we really care about goes south because, you know, you know, in spite of what we do, it's just not working. What happens when we don't pass the test, or when we don't get that toy that we wanted for Christmas, or when we, you know, miss the shot, or what happens when Prince Charming tur- turns out to be a jerk, or, you know, whatever, when, uh, you know, the woman of our dreams turns out to be the Wicked Witch of the West, you know? <laughs> or maybe to go even d- deeper, what happens when the doc calls and says, hey, we got a diagnosis? What happens when he says, you know, hey, look, there's a negative report here? Or what happens when somebody we really love passes away? 
what then? Are we happy? Right? So, so the point that I'm trying to make here is this, is that you and I live in a world of inconsistencies. And you and I live in a world where people will intentionally and unintentionally uh, not just suck the life out of us, but they'll suck the joy right out of us. And so, you know, when, when you put all of that together and you just throw the, you know, everyday little things in life, you know, all that stuff, what happens is, is, man, you and I find ourselves fighting for joy probably more times than we should be. Can I get an amen? amen. You, you know, I, I personally think that there isn't a person in this room, you know, if, if, if this is you, man, I, I'm so jealous and want to be you. But, but, but I think there's not, probably not a person in this room that won't face times of stress. Right? That won't face times of anxiety or worry or fear or even this, as godly as we are, doubt. Right? That, that I don't think there's a person here that won't ever contend with the feelings of guilt and shame. Or how about this, being, you know, having the opportunity to be resentful because somebody offended us or maybe struggling with unhealed wounds of our past or maybe we're hurt you know, because of broken relationships or maybe it's, uh, you know, once again, continuing with feelings of bitterness. Hey, have you ever been in that spot where you said, man, God, I just don't want to forgive them? If you haven't, I'm jealous again. You know, listen, all of us are going to struggle with anger. And if I could just say it this way, because here's, if I can maybe sum up the Christmas season for a lot of us, it's called this thing. Uh, here's what arises maybe at more, more, you know, more than any other time in our lives. It's called family drama. I have, I have yet, I'm only 40 years old, but I have yet to meet a family that doesn't have it. I've certainly met families that have more of it than others. But, um, Yeah. But it's so true. And, and I think this, if I could kind of add there, not to just belay the point, but just kind of help us connect with this, is that I think we all experience unmet expectations, that everybody in this room has an unfulfilled dream somewhere, that every person occasionally will have a lack of clarity with their purpose or what their future holds. We all, we all deal with disappointments. We all, we all wish somewhere along the lines that we could be different or, or maybe that we could do more to, you know, to show love to our family and friends. But uh, And even this, and I think there might be one or two of us in here, but sometimes we fall into the trap of maybe even taking ourselves too serious. And, you know, all those things are real, and all of those things have the ability to steal our joy. Amen? So, so the truth is, and here's really what I'm trying to get you to see, is that it is impossible to be joyful in any of those other things at the same time. It is impossible to have joy and be stressed out at the same time. It is impossible to have a joyful heart and to be angry at the same time. It is impossible to be a bitter person, right, and, and have joy at the same time. It's impossible. And it's like this. If you can imagine that, that basically when we allow stress to come in the front door, joy goes out the back door. So you can go down the list there, but it's amazing how often we, we open the door up you know, of our lives and let these things in. And the very thing that Jesus came to bring us, the very thing that he promised us, it leaves us. Is that true? Can I get real for a minute? <clears throat> Listen, um, I'll just say this. You know, so often, probably shouldn't tell you this. But I, I've never taken a preaching class in my life. Okay? I, never, I never took a preaching class in college. Um, maybe you can tell, maybe you can't, whatever. So, uh, but, 
typically the way the way things work for me is is you know I feel like basically I'll, I'll locate what's the thing on my heart, what's the burden, and I'll just use that as a launching pad, and I just pray, Holy Spirit, I need you to speak to me today, and, and I and I just spend hours praying and hours studying and hours doing whatever, and, and basically in the middle of all of that, there are these moments where I'll just feel the anointing come, and I feel like God wants to say something, and, and so a lot of times in the message there'll be things that kind of go with it, but there's key moments that you know God is talking. And, and there's a few things I want to say today, and this is really the first one, that, that I feel like God really wants to say something to somebody in here today. So, um, so just open up your heart. It's not going to be for everybody. It may not even be for anybody. Maybe for somebody on the podcast, but we're going to obey and we're going to give it a go. So I, I, think, I think it's this, is that no matter how you want to dress it up, uh, we live in a broken world. Right? We live in a broken world where an overwhelming amount of people lack joy and they try to mask their pain with a lot of things, even this, even a smile. I have learned in 20 years of ministry that some of the people that walk around with the biggest smile on their face are hurting maybe more than most people in the room. And, and so just because somebody has a look on their face doesn't mean that's an indicator of what's happening in their heart. And, uh, you know, just as people, especially church people, we are great at hiding what we're really going through. Yes? And, and so I, I want to I say something because I heard this the other day, and it landed on me like a, like a I don't know, like a ton of bricks. But, but I, you know, I just want to ask you today, did you know that out of the 365 days of the year, that December the 26th is the highest rated day for suicide in our nation? That December the 26th is the highest rated day for suicide in our nation. Why is that? Because, listen, while many of us in this room will absolutely enjoy the next few days, we'll have a blast, right? We'll have a blast with our family. We'll have a blast with our friends. There's an equal amount of people uh, out there, maybe even somebody here today, that they'll do their absolute best just to endure it. And, you know, they may not go to the lengths of going, man, I'm going to take my own life. But, but there's, there's a few things that I, I just think that the next few days uh, kind of serves as a painful reminder to them uh, of these things. Of basically, when they look at the Christmas season, they look at kind of what everybody else is doing. They, they think in their heart, man, you know, they think about what they could have had. And they think about what they should have had. And even maybe this, that they look and go, man, I really messed this up. Or maybe they do this, or maybe they say, man, somebody really took this from me. In other words, there's things in life that we all want the way God designed us. And, and here we hit the, you know, the most joyful time of the year. In fact, you, you will hear, the, hear and see the word joy more times in the month of December than you'll ever hear the rest of 11 months of the year, right? You'll hear tons of songs about joy and all that. And so, so when that's in your face all the time, and then there's a reminder that you don't have it. And maybe it's somebody else's fault. Maybe it's your fault. I really want to key on that because there's people today I feel like that you know it's your fault. Right? And, and, so, and so it's kind of like this, that when you're sitting in that spot, you, you know, th- those are real things. And those things, you know, leave you feeling rejected. Those things leave you feeling unloved. Uh, those things make you feel depressed. They make you feel lonely. And, and even though you may not physically want to commit suicide, internally you wish you were dead. Let me just say this for some of you guys. I know this is true because I've been there. I've absolutely been there. And, and you know, I, I'll say this. I remember 
this time of the year, being 16 years old, uh, sitting in my mom's bathroom, hold, I wasn't planning on saying this today, uh, ho- holding basically a, a uh, nine millimeter in my lap, crying and weeping just because I wanted to die. So, so what I'm referring to you today, I know it's real. And thankfully, in that moment of contemplation, my mom started calling my name. You know, listen, I just think that's God's grace. You, you know, and basically called me basically to get me to come out of the room and, and whatever. So thank God for that. But, but, but I want to say this, once again, from experience, I, I want you to know today that if that is you, man, there's hope. There's hope. You, you know, you know wh- why, why, is, why is, you know, Jesus coming... You know, why is it the greatest news ever? Because he brought us hope, yeah. right? That's why we have a joy, because we have a hope, yeah. right? And so it's this, is that if you're in that spot today, I want you to realize that, that the Bible says this, that hope begins when we realize that joy comes in the morning. Now, once again, from experience, I want you to know the morning in that verse isn't determined by the hand on the clock. It isn't determined by the rising of the sun. It is determined when you and I wake up to see that God is our redeemer, right? That God is a restorer and that God is the rebuilder of our broken lives, amen? And so it's simply this, that when we realize, when we wake up the fact that God loves us, he accepts us, that he can do the impossible, and, and maybe even this, and this is kind of give you, give you a, a deeper understanding of the heart of God today, that, that God is not ashamed to walk alongside of you in the midst of your pain. He is not. He's not ashamed of you when you're hurting, right? And, and so it's understand that, that God can and he will give you what the Bible says in Isaiah, beauty for ashes, that he will give you joy for your mourning, that he will give you a garment of praise for your heaviness. So listen to me today. If you're sitting in here and you think, man, your world is turned upside down, I want you to know that God has a great ability to turn it right side up if, if you'll let him. Right? Because he will not force himself on you. In other words, there's ways that God says, I can and I will, but your partnering with him determines really what happens. Right? And so let me show you a verse here and then we'll move on. But Luke 147 says this, and this is really the solution here for us. It says, my spirit finds its joy in God my Savior. My spirit finds its joy in God my Savior. Why do I say that? Because this verse is telling us that what we're longing for will not come from anywhere else. We will not find the peace and the joy that we're looking for in a bottle. Uh, We won't find it in a plate of food. We won't find it in entertainment. We won't find it, uh, you know, through hobbies. Listen to me, gals. You won't find it in a man. Fellas, you won't find it in a woman. You can go on down the list. You cannot find what only God can give you through something or someone else. Amen? So let's bring this full circle. I told you up top that we're going to look at the difference between happiness and joy. So let's kind of recircle, uh, circle the wagon back in that direction. But, but basically this, we said because happiness is determined by external or by outward things, then that means it's got to be temporary, right? It's got to be temporary. And, and so what happens with you and I, you, you, you know, listen, I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll tell it myself. Uh, a few weeks ago, my favorite team was playing the SEC championship, right? So I, Alabama, uh, you know, against Georgia, and we were down by 14 Basically, going into the fourth quarter, I was laying on the couch, whining and moaning. It's over. It's doomed. We're not going to the playoffs. I mean, you, you might as well have thought somebody didn't just, 
you know, whatever, my dog just didn't die. Somebody kicked it and somebody, you know, whatever, it was bad. And my wife is sitting there going, you always do that. So, <coughs> so you know, and, and basically, I'm sorry, we were down by seven, not 14. And anyway, so we scored 14 points and we won the game. And I went from to wow. But how many of you guys know that can leave just like that? Right? I got done with that game, and I I text my brothers, and I said, fellas, I'm an emotional wreck. (laughs) I I felt like I had, you know, been in three fist fights after that game. I was so worn out emotionally, I just wanted to go to bed. Um, But... Anyways, I just think it's this, you, you know, it's, if it's a, whatever it is, it's like something good happens, we feel that euphoric feeling, and we get all excited, but it lasts for a moment, and literally, it's like snap of the fingers, we're back to the daily grind, looking and working for the next happy moment, right? And so, but when we look at joy, on the other hand, we'll see that joy is actually the exact opposite. You know, joy is not a, it's not an outward thing, it's an inward thing, it's not external, it's internal, that, that joy is not based on, once again, the inconsistencies of this world, but it's actually based on the absolute truth of the Word of God, right? And, and we'll understand, if you don't hear anything today, hear this, that, that joy is not determined by our circumstance, but is determined by our trust, by our trust. This is so key, uh, because the truth is, is trust is the very thing that unlocks joy in our lives. In fact, let me show you a verse here in Proverbs sixteen twenty. It says this. Thank you, guys. It says, those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. It can't get any more straightforward than that, guys. Those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. And the reason is, is because our joy is built on, once again, our trust in God. And trust in, trust in what? And trust in who he is. Trust in his character, his nature, his love for us. Understand that his heart is good, that he has, you know, our best in mind. You, you know, to understand all of that stuff. So, so what happens is, is which... Uh, in spite of what's happening once again to me or around me, guess what? I can always find my joy in Him. Are you hearing me today? I can always find my joy in Him. The, the problem is in life is we get so frantic and we forget to recenter and go back to Jesus where our joy is at. And so we stay out here and we try to fix everything on our own, understanding He's the only answer. Great place to say Amen. The truth is, is this, is that because Jesus is constant, uh, that's why you and I can actually be joyful in some of the most difficult times of our life. There's not a person in here that doesn't uh, encounter difficulties in their life. But, but I want you to know that it's in those difficult times that our joy reveals itself the most. It's, it's when things aren't going our way, when things don't happen, right, to fall our way, yet we choose joy by putting, once again, our trust in God. And it's simply this, is knowing that the Bible says this, that, the, that basically the joy of the Lord is our strength. And it's knowing this, that at the end of the day, once again, that God's good, that, that guess what? He has the ability to work all things together for my good, because I love him. It's promises, right? So, so I just want to maybe lay in this thing here, is that... Is that this, if joy is really a matter of perspective, then, then maybe, maybe we should challenge ourselves over the next few days to, to take a, um, an inventory of our perspective. 
And, and I just, you know, just over the Christmas season, you know, I just encourage us to do this. That, that can we maybe take a moment and shift our attention to shift our focus on what's going, not what's going wrong, but what's going right. And, and I just want to tell you, tell you this today. Ladies, your husband would be a much better husband if you had focused on what he's doing right versus what he's doing wrong. Men, I want you to know today that your wife would be a, a whole lot more amazing if you would focus on what she's doing right versus what she is doing wrong. If I can tell us parents today that we would appreciate our kids a whole lot more if we had focused on what they're doing right versus what they're doing wrong. That our jobs would be a whole lot better if we had focused on what's right versus what is wrong. Even if we maybe start the center point, just, God, thank you, I have a job. Because there's a lot of people that don't. Right? And so, so simply, you know, once again, a challenge to understand this, that, that man, can we... Can we, once again, perspective, just trust God and accept his plan for our lives? Trust him, right? Once again, can, can we, if I can give it to you in a simple term, can we get back to just the simple joy of loving Jesus? It's really simple. We make it more difficult than it needs to be. Can we get back to the simple fact that, man, we just love Jesus? Or how about this? Can we find joy in actually loving our friends and family? Can we be grateful for them? Just literally in the next few days, when everybody's there and snatching stuff and opening gifts, just pause in that moment and just and have a God moment and look around and just be thankful. Yeah? You know, can we do this? And I know this may sound super weird, but I think it'll be freeing for some of us. Can we find joy in really just loving ourselves? Can we find joy in loving ourselves? Uh, You know, sometimes as believers, we hate ourselves and try to love everybody, and it doesn't work that way. The Bible says to love God with all your heart, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. It's impossible. It's part of the equation. In fact, to just kind of give you permission, uh, understand this. God loves you, so why can't you love you? You know, if you need to be more theological, he said to imitate him. So if he loves you, follow his example and love you too. Amen? So, so listen, and there's this thing the Bible talks about. It talks about, uh, in fact, I'll say this. David hit a really rough time in his life. I hope that wasn't one of my kids. So <clears throat> um, David hit a really rough time in his life. Talking about King David. And he said this prayer, he asked God to restore to him the joy of his salvation. Restore to him the joy of his salvation. So, so when we're looking at that stuff, once again, can we remember today that Jesus has already won the victory? Whatever you're facing, Jesus has already won the victory. Can we understand today that, man, we are forgiven and free from the power of sin and death? That you and I are new creations, so we're no longer defined by our past. Amen, that we no longer live under shame and guilt. Because why? Because he lifted all that off of us by his grace. If we can understand that you and I are treasured sons and daughters of God, that we're joint heirs with Christ. Man, that we're actually free today to live the abundant life. Who who doesn't want that, right? Uh, Listen, that we are free to be blessed. That we have the authority, what once again through Jesus' name, that we have access to heaven's resources. And that we get the opportunity to actually live from heaven to earth. Because we're seated in heavenly places. To understand today that we have the Spirit of God living inside of us if we're born again. And we have the great opportunity to walk with God. That should put a smile on some of y'all's faces. And it's simply this, man. That if you can't find joy in any of that, we need to check our spiritual pulse. 
That's good news. Yeah? And so, listen, because of all of that, all those things I just said, basically, that's the, that's the present that you unwrap that basically defines itself as the joy of our salvation. Because that's all the things that salvation provided for us, and that's only a snippet of it. Right? And, and if I can maybe say this, that, that if, we don't, if we don't know that, then we might not understand salvation. Because salvation did not, did not end and start with, I get to go to heaven. It's so much greater. Right? That, that, there's, that there's this thing. In fact, I'll just kind of go ahead and get ahead of myself. You guys can go ahead and stand up if you want to. Get ready, team, for the next, next ditty. Um, the, the Bible says this, and, and I'll just say this, and then we'll go into this. But the, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, everybody look here, please. I know they're good looking, especially the one, especially the one in the green shirt. Um, it's pretty hot. So, so, listen, the Bible says this in Hebrews 12. It says that basically Jesus endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. So, so today in this sense that, you, you know, have you ever thought about that maybe we're sitting here today and we go, man, I would, I would like to receive joy. Have you thought about that maybe we could give joy to Jesus today? And the, the way we can give joy, Jesus joy today is this, is that if you and I have never asked Jesus to come and save us, be the Lord and Savior of our lives, if we've never understood what's... Everybody listen to me, please. Because I, I know it's Christmas morning, all right? Or about to be Christmas morning. But, but there's, this, there's this mindset that if I say this prayer, then I'm good to go. But I want you to know, man, there's an invitation to know God. To, to actually listen, to live a life where God talks to you and you get a chance to talk with God, to walk with Him, where He guides and directs your life. God is so personal. He's not some distant, you know, figure in the, you know, whatever, in the wet, wild blue yonder that, that doesn't ever mess with us. God wants to walk step and step with us. He wants to be in every detail of our lives. That's what He, that's what Jesus came for, yes. right? And, and so there's an invitation in that today. And, uh, and so today what we're going to do is I just want, while these guys pray, I want us to search our hearts find out where we're really at with God and also what's our joy level today what's our joy level today is there anything that Jesus wants to heal in us today anything that Jesus wants to move in us today so these guys are going to play and we're going to come back and we're going to pray for three things so ask you know nobody move just kind of get your heart open and ask Jesus to minister to you Can, let's just take a moment and close our eyes. You know, when I, when I say close your eyes, that's not to check some religious box. It's just a simple thing just to help us focus and uh, not be distracted by what's going on around us. Like I said, there's three things that I want to simply pray for today that I feel like we need to pray for today. The first one is this, is that just in this room that maybe today that God identified in our own hearts that we need, um, we really need him to come and restore to us the joy of our salvation. That we need a shift in our perspective where we could do this, where we can make a commitment to choose joy. We make a commitment to choose joy. The, the other thing, you know, I told you guys earlier that, you know, 
that when you're preparing, you're doing your stuff, and then there's these moments where you feel like God wants to deal with something. And, and, and basically when I was reading the story of when Jesus came, basically his birth, and I landed on the verse in Luke chapter 1, verse 25, and I think this is significant for someone here today. But when Elizabeth found out she was pregnant, once again, this was a, an older woman that had not been able to get pregnant. And because she couldn't get pregnant, basically, uh, people basically looked at her in a certain way. She came identified as a barren woman. That She came uh, identified as a woman that something was wrong with her. And, you know, basically, the the... When a woman couldn't get pregnant in those days, it was viewed as actually a, a shameful thing, that there was something uh, ungodly and unholy in her life. And here's this lady that's living a pure life, but yet just once again, she couldn't get pregnant. But when she got pregnant, she said this in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 25. It says, it says, how kind the Lord is. What she said, how kind the Lord is that he has taken away my disgrace. That word there, taking away my disgrace, actually means he came to remove my shame of having no children. Now listen, today, I don't have a clue who this is for, but I believe God, for somebody in here today, wants to remove shame and disgrace of past mistakes that you have basically allowed to identify you. It's become your identity. And I feel like you've been carrying it way too long. And I believe today, through joy, Jesus is going to break that off your life. In fact, we were talking last night, and and Leah sent me this verse this morning. I want you to listen to this verse. It's in Zephaniah. It says, The Lord your God is in the midst of you. Folks, he's here today. It says, A mighty one, a Savior who saves. And watch this. Here's a promise for you, that he will rejoice over you with joy, that he will rest in silent satisfaction, and in his love he will be silent. Watch this. If you're carrying that disgrace and that shame today, he says that he will make no mention of past sins or ever recall them. Man, that's life. That he'll make no mention of past sins or even recall them. That he will exalt, exalt over you with singing. Basically what that's saying to us is that joy breaks the spirit of shame off of us. So today, I simply want to ask, before we go to the third one, just all eyes closed. If you're in here today and you said, man, I need Jesus to restore to me the joy of my salvation, I just want you to lift your hands. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for your honesty. Amen. If you're here today and you go, man, look, Pastor, um, and this is just so I know how to go from here. If you're like, man, there's, there's things that I've been carrying for years. And I really need Jesus to come and break off that disgrace. I need him to remove that shame. If, if you know, just whatever. It, it can be a whole host of things. Let your own heart talk to you. But but if you know that's you today, go ahead and just lift your hand. Not to embarrass you, just curious. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm gonna give you one last thing here. You can put your hands down. Right before these guys sing a song. Um, you know, once again, it's the heart of God that He sent Jesus. To come and once again, yes, to save us, yes, to remove us of our sins, but but He came to bring us into the family as sons and daughters of God. He came to uh, reconcile us to Himself. And and if you're here today, uh, I want you to know that you're not as far off as you think you are, because the Bible tells us in Luke 15 that the Father will run to us. 
And I'll tell you what, he can make up more space in, in one stride than you can in a thousand. So if you're here today and you're like, Pastor, I, I need to get right with God today. Maybe it's the first time. Maybe you've, you've just fallen away from the Lord. Maybe you're out of fellowship. But you're like, Pastor, I need to get right with God today. Today's my day. I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. If that's you, just lift your hand, please. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Let's pray. We're going to start at the top there. Just open your hearts. Father, I pray for just every person in this room today. Father, I just ask first and foremost, God, that there in this moment, that there would be such an awareness of your presence. God, I pray that in the, in the awareness of your presence, God, that there would be also a self-awareness of where our hearts are at really with you. And so, Father, today, in the name of Jesus, we just declare from your word that people in this moment, God, that um, God, literally the joy of salvation, God, would once again explode in their heart. God, that you would restore to them the joy of their salvation. Listen, this this may sound so silly, but I'm going to go with it. Uh, You know, we, we live in a in an area where, you know, we can get a new car and the, and the whole, man, the underneath is all bright and shiny and it's all nice. And, and uh, you know, after a few winters here, uh, you know, the salt and all the stuff that they have to do to, you know, keep the roads clean, it, it does what? It corrodes, it rots, uh, you know, the very, what's the word I'm looking for? The frame, the frame of the car. And I just want you to know that in this moment, uh, Jesus is not uh, coming and just, kind of covering up the rust. He wants to give you a new frame. So, Father, today we just thank you for a new frame. Lord, we thank you, uh, God, that you're literally not just coming and scraping off a little bit of rust, but, God, you're coming and restoring, that you're making like it's new. God, that you would restore to us once again the joy of our salvation. God, that for some of us in this room, that we would remember what it was like when our hearts were first dedicated to you. And Lord, the fire and the passion that burned and the love, God, that burned for you, God, would burn in us once again. Jesus, we're asking today that you would come and you would breathe on the coals, God, that remain, God, and that you would just breathe fresh life into us today. Father, we pray today, God, that all across the room, God, wherever we sit, wherever we're at, whatever circumstance that we find ourselves in, God, that we would choose joy because we trust you. In fact, let's just say that. Say, God... Someone say, God, I trust you today. Father, so I'm asking God, the people that lifted their hands and said, man, for years I've been carrying, I've been carrying shame. God, just as Elizabeth said, that the, the, the disgrace, and Lord, maybe it's not what everybody else identifies them as, but Lord, it's definitely how they identify in their own hearts. Lord, we're asking today that you would come and you would lift off, that you would remove every bit of shame today from these people. God, that you would set us free. God, once again, we just declare your word. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. God, that we would be free today to walk in forgiveness, that we'd be free today to walk in redemption, that we'd be free today to walk as as treasured, loved, accepted sons and daughters of God. And Father, lastly there, God, the people who raised their hands said, man, I need to get right with God. 
Father, we simply just from our own hearts today, just thank you that you said, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so, Lord, we're calling upon the name of Jesus. And we're just declaring today that he is the Son of God, that he did come and die on the cross for me, that he did come and, and he, uh, you know, rose from the dead so that we would know that we could have eternal life with you as well. And so, Lord, today, we just thank you for the gift of salvation. God, we receive it today, not by our works, but as grace and mercy as what it really is. And so, Lord, today we just declare and confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord. And, Father, we just say in our own hearts today, God, that our lives are yours. God, everything about us, our lives are yours. God, we want to just, we don't want to know religion. We want to know you. We don't want to know some moral law. We want to walk with you. And so, Father, thank you today that you said in your word that the promise of your spirit, that you would come and make your home in us. And, God, we thank you that you said that you would give us a home in your kingdom, in your house, in your family as well. And so, Lord, today we receive every bit of that. God, literally by faith, it's not by some feeling we're working from at this moment. It's by faith we receive you today. Jesus, we honor you and love you and thank you for everything that you've done here today, everything that you've done in our hearts. And, Lord, we just pray that we'd be marked today, that we would know December the 23rd, that our lives were changed forever. There was a turning point, that something shifted. Uh, God, that we weren't the same. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.